everybody. Welcome to the Loftus Party. That's my cool-ass intro. Uh, that's my sweet CBS Sunday morning. We're, we're doing something different. I, when, uh, when the podcast started, when er- everything was going on, I always wanted to uh, do something different, mix it up, and have it be uh, rewarding. So th- that's, that's what we're doing. The circumstances have dictated that, that uh, Liberty Gypsy isn't around. So I am at the helm, and I'm kind of digging it. It's my little uh, tribute to Bill Burr. Bill Burr, very funny dude, does a uh, an hour-long podcast, just him. And you know what? Here's what I say. If Bill Burr can do it, so can I, baby! <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to talk about what's going on uh, in the news, in in comedy, in politics, and pop culture, and all that other stuff. It gets It gets depressing. It gets the uh, there was well the school shooting that uh, I I want to I want to talk about guns a little bit I really do uh, I did a I did a um, monologue on the on the TV show a long time ago called All I Know Is I Get a Gun so right now and, and I tell you what, that thing really holds up it really holds up here's what 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 I think people should do is is try to take a step back is try to stay, take a step back. Why do we have uh, the Second Amendment? And this is kind of a fun, I wanna, I'm, I'm gonna be doing more uh, historical stuff uh, as, as we move forward because there's a lot to be learned from history, blah, blah, blah. Here's the deal that people, I think, forget a lot. When, when, I, when our country was started, the, the founding fathers, blah, 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 they knew it was a crazy experiment. They knew that going in. It was really almost like a, a weird dare. <laughs> That the country was started on, uh, John Adams, you know, in the wintertime, farmer, nothing going on. He, he and his buddies would exchange mail and they would exchange ideas, uh, and they got into this weird little, this weird little space when they were writing letters. I don't know who the the guy writing letters back to John Adams was, but uh, they're like, how did the Greeks mess up? Oh, the Greeks had a good system of government, but here's what happened and here's where they went wrong. And then, oh, uh, the Romans. Uh, how did the Romans? Well, here's what happened to the Romans. Here's how they messed up. The senators were more involved in their own stuff than they were in the will of the people. And then it got blah, 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 blah. So they had this big, long discussion over uh, over years, a couple different uh, uh, winters. And finally, uh, John Adams is like, well, if you were going to do it, here's what you should do. Uh, you you could have like uh, like an, an executive branch. You'd have a uh, an, a, a legal branch. You, you know, you'd have a, a senate. You'd have Congress. You'd have a president. Ba 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 ba. He worked it all out, and and sent his letter to his buddy. And his buddy wrote him back and like, let's do it. I'm down. I think we cracked the code. Now it was crazy. It was inherently nuts. It was bonkers to believe. Because there'd always been monarchies. There'd always been like a caveman with the biggest club. There'd always been a guy with uh, cavalry. There was always some big giant machine that, that, good Lord, we can't stand up to that machine. And then these guys are like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let the people do it. Well, that's that's crazy. And I don't think people know uh, just how insane, truly insane that idea was. Like, like Adams didn't want to do it. He's like, whoa. Oh, hold on. Now, the great equalizer in all this, like if if the president should go bonkers, you'd have uh, the Senate and you'd have the Congress that could uh, hold him back. 
And, and if and if and if one of those branches went bonkers, the other two could hold them back. It was this this great this triad, this balance of power. And then as a final safeguard against all of this, because it's such a crazy idea, everyone will have a gun. This has nothing to do with hunting. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with protecting uh, your own property and protecting yourself against tyranny. That's what it's all about. It's the ultimate stopgap. Now, I would say the experiment's been going really well. We've got we've got uh, uh, a pretty sweet uh, rocket program. We had NASA. We went to the moon. Uh, capitalism is a wonderful experiment. We got light bulbs. We got a bunch of good stuff. We got Apple. We got Macintosh. We got uh, we got Windows. Capitalism's going pretty well. Now, the ultimate stopgap uh, towards the the government going bonkers is is the Second Amendment. That's why. That's why. So now this this horrible thing happens, and and I, good lord, we're all sick of it. We're all sick of it. And and where I get uh, a little uh, upset, I get a little angry. It's like these kids in Parkland. They literally they they literally just saw their friends die before their very eyes. And I can see why. You know, I'm in, I'm in the television business. I'm in the entertainment business. I can see why that's compelling. You, you get a kid out there who's, holy crap, uh, it's it's this is going to sound gross and and cold, but it's it's compelling TV. Uh, and now, but now we're on the in this place where uh, where we're asking these kids. So what do you think we should do? Eh, that's where you've gone too far. That's where you've gone too far. Uh, I, I, listen, you're you're traumatized. It, it is what it is. I, I don't want you, uh, young person, uh, to start talking about politics. And then the whole CNN thing. I, I, I didn't watch it. I, I looked at the highlights. I know they uh, they dragged Dana Lash over the coals. We have uh, Dana. I've interviewed Dana a couple times. Uh, she'll be on the, the, the cast later. We got John Lott. He'll be on the cast. It, so uh, they're going after the NRA. NRA members... As, as far as I know, I could be wrong. I, I've never heard about an NRA member uh, going on a, a giant killing spree. NRA members, I guess there's like five, six million of them, uh, tend to be really law-abiding citizens. But like, oh, the NRA is too powerful. The NRA and their lobby, their lobby is so powerful. They're so powerful. Look up how much money the NRA spent in uh, politics. It's not that much when you compare it to unions. Unions which I'm a member of a union. Unions do a lot of good stuff. However, when you look at how much unions spend to get involved in politics, you're like, wow, we're talking uh, like over a billion, over a billion. NRA, uh, much smaller. So here's the deal. Uh, in my opinion, we need the guns to protect. Ultimately, it's a safeguard. Now, uh, we get into AR-15s. I don't know that much about guns. I'm not a member of the NRA. Uh, I don't particularly dig guns. I shot a gun when I was in like the Boy Scouts when I was like eight or nine years old. Terrifying. Like we, we shot, we shot a pumpkin. Like we all went out and it was like a 22, which I guess is a really low, but like a bunch of kids went into the woods. It sounds, it sounds horrible when I say it. A bunch of kids went into the woods, uh, with a grown up, 
who was with the Boy Scouts. And like we, we literally uh, we shot trees, we shot pumpkins. The, you know, nobody got hurt or anything. So the, the gun terrified me. Uh, AR-15s. Uh, my brother is a, is a gun owner. I have two brothers, and uh, my brother uh, Bill has an AR-15. He loves it. He he, lo- he he's like this gun is insanely great. It's magnificent. It's a wonderful gun. So it probably is. So now we're like, well, let's just get rid of uh, AR-15s, and then oh, let's just get rid of uh, these clips, and oh, let's just get rid of uh, uh, bump stocks, and blah, 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 which it's a wonderful discussion. Here's where the NRA is coming at uh, today. And we can say, like, we can magically, mystically go, okay, uh, now all now all the AR-15s are gone. Let's just say we could magically do that. They're all gone. Every last freaking one of them. I'm digging this. I'm digging this uh, whole <laughs> going solo thing. I know I'm going to ramble a lot. Uh, anyway, so we get rid of all the AR-15s. Don't you think that there's another crazy kid out there? Don't you think that there's another uh, mass shooter out there somewhere? And then what will he use? Or or let's not be sexist. What will she use? That's another thing. You don't hear a lot of chicks doing this. What's up with that? What's the <laughs> what's you know what? I, I, it just occurred to me like you can't I can't think of any like mass uh, shooting uh, women. Ladies, tell us what you're doing. Hook us up. Let, let us know what keeps you from uh, roaming around pulling the trigger. So. So we got rid of it, all the AR-15s. Something else will happen, and then and then what gun will that person use? And then do we go? Oh, okay. Well, now we have to get rid of these too. That's where the NRA is coming from, and to go after the NRA in this seems ridiculous. See, that's the other thing. It seems to me, and this is the whole reason why I started doing uh, the flip side in the beginning and the Loftus party and all this stuff because it's all such crap, you guys. It's all such crap. What do we want to do to actually solve the problem? It seems to me, and that's that's the gross part of this. And I'm going on and on and on, but I'm kind of digging it. It's super self-indulgent. It's 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 audio masturbation is what I'm doing. But like I would prefer to solve the problem. Now, I, I guess if you just want to take Parkland for the, for the example, they had an armed security guy there. They had a dude there, and he didn't go in. He didn't go in. And then you had uh, the Broward County deputies, three of those dudes show up, and and they didn't go in. So now you have like four, it it would appear to, to me, to be like just straight up uh, freaking cowards. I don't know how else you cut it, you know, like, and then and then you got nobody wants to stare down at an AR-15. Nobody wants to stare down that. No, nobody... Nobody wants to stare down any kind of gun. No one. Who would? Who would? Listen, I don't like them. They make me nervous. I don't like it when the barrels. I don't like. Don't point the barrel at somebody unless you're gonna unless you're gonna try to kill them. That's my whole thing. But I remember uh, when the, when the Republicans were doing uh, their baseball thing, right? And that uh, that wackadoodle dude went out and started shooting up Steve Scalise and all those guys. He had a gun. He had a rifle, for Christ's sake. And there was two cops there with handguns. They took him out. Bang, bang, bang. So people always go, see, there was four four deputies there, and they were afraid, and they didn't go in. Well, then they're douchebags. 
They're straight up douchebags for not going. I don't know how. I don't know how you do it. I don't. I mean, the one dude, the one he's like 54 years old, whatever. He's retired. I'm sure he's like, I kind of want to live. <laughs> you know, honestly. But uh, good, good guys with guns stop bad guys. So I would prefer to. And that's and that's the other thing. Like, don't go after the NRA. If you if you legitimately want to help uh, save lives and stop this kind of thing from happening, you gotta look at uh, the kid that did it. And this is gonna sound like, oh, he gets us talking points from the NRA. I don't. I'm not a member. I receive no pamphlets. I don't get secret phone calls in the middle of the night. Talk about this. Talk about that. I'm genuinely interested in this not happening again. And I find it ironic, and usually there's comedy and irony, but so many people died, there's zero comedy. Uh, like, law enforcement was called about this kid. He had been thrown out of schools. There had been 911 calls. I heard a clip from wherever he was living. They called the police. The police came out. They say like 30-some visits the cops made to this kid's house, and then they, they, the FBI was flipping called. <laughs> and nothing happened. So, like, don't blame the NRA about this. I, I think you have to look at the system. And that's that's the the thing that, like, I don't dig big government. I have very little faith in big government. Like, you, you, we create these giant systems, and it's always out of the best of intentions. It's always out of the best of intentions. And then these giant systems usually fail. So I find it ironic that that the the people it's and it's it's it gets to a really twisty twisty logic here. These people are like, well, we shouldn't have guns. Only the police should have guns. And then you've got, well, only the police had guns and they did nothing. And then you have the same people. Well, we shouldn't have guns. Only the police should have guns. And then they go, well, police are just randomly pulling over black people and killing them. So you you got to figure it out, you guys. And then. With this this all powerful system, these these morons that you trust to have the gun, they do nothing. And the and the system that you love so much, we should spend more of our money. You know, we should we should have a tax to to take this money to put it to to this and to that to this. And then those people just do nothing. Like it to me, it makes my point. And I and I who boy, I'm gonna get hate mail. Uh, and people people hate me already. They uh, they hate me on the Facebook. They hate me on the Twitter. Blah blah blah. They hate me on the YouTube. But but it's like when you see this massive failure uh, in on every level of of government. Boy, that should make you think. I really wish. And I really wish a good guy with a gun had been there. And when I say good guy, I mean someone who's not a coward. And and uh, and Donald Trump. Let's get into Donald Trump. Let's get into that right now. He, he he's like a he's such a New Yorker. I've been living in New York for a couple of years now. Uh, once you live in New York for a while and you run across these beautiful New Yorkers, you really understand Trump a lot more. But he's like to me, he's all in. I, I think the NRA has to be terrified of Trump because Trump's he's just like going off the top of his head. I don't think uh, my my Trump sounds like Jack Kennedy. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think you should have a gun until you're 21. I don't think you should have. That's just it. 21. He keeps throwing out that number, and you're like, whoa, slow down, slow down. Here's, and here's the, whoa, slow down. 
That's another, that's a great one. That should be on a t-shirt. Whoa, slow down. Here's the other wonderful thing about uh, the founding fathers and what they did. Our government works really slow. Our government works really slow, and that's good, you guys. It used to drive me crazy. I used to hate it, and now I see the wisdom in it. I'm getting a little older, and when you have, like this morning, good Lord in heaven, one of the dads in Parkland, is his daughter died, just the most, I cannot, you guys, I've had, I've had family members that have been just ripped away from me. Just They're alive one day, they're gone the next. I can empathize on that level. You didn't. You don't want to ask me about public policy when you're grieving like that. And this guy is like, bless his heart. He's like, we got to do something. We got to do something now. We got to do something now. This is not the time to make these decisions. There's a reason uh, for the Second Amendment. So uh, everybody should just slow the heck down. Uh, and and uh, I, I lost my train of thought. I don't care. I don't care. Like now, now we're getting to the boycotts. Like everybody was, you feel better when you do something. You feel better. But what if you're wrong? Slow down. Take a deep breath. Like Delta Airlines yesterday. We're no longer going to do business with the NRA. Why? Why? Because they're, they're millions of law-abiding, they're, they're millions of law-abiding citizens that could quite possibly save your loved one's life. Do you know how tough it is to get a concealed carry permit? These are some of the best best people that we have. Yeah, so Delta Airlines is like, screw you. We're no longer doing business with you. So now I hate Delta. I used to not like you because you were a crappy airline, but but now I have another reason. And then Delta, Delta had a crazy day yesterday. I guess the the men's curling, um, um, this is a tangent, men's, men's curling, those dudes won the gold medal. Uh, and then they were presented with the uh, the women's gold medal, which that's, you know, that's kind of cool. I got no problem with that. So then uh, Delta immediately, right after they pissed off uh, 5 million law-abiding citizens in, in America by going, we're not doing business with you anymore. Uh, the NRA immediately sent a text to, to the curling team. Congratulations, you guys. Unfortunately, there's no upgrade available, but we look forward to you being on our plane. It's like, you dicks. You total dicks. Delta Airlines, that was like the douchiest move ever. The douchiest move ever. Okay, so uh, the, the the big takeaway from all this, I mean, I'm looking at the time. I'm digging this. It's so self-indulgent, but I don't care. I got a lot on my mind. Uh, it's all, it, it, well, it's, like, it's like a whole other can of worms. It's like, oh, I got to talk about Facebook later. I got to talk about, I did a video. I do these things every week. And it's like, and it's really, here's the deal, you guys. I'm not angry enough. I'm literally not angry enough. I think that's my problem. Like, I think people, it's all, it's all just bombastic uh, insanity. That gets the clicks. That gets the, oh, now they're going. Uh, so I did this video about, um, oh my gosh, was it the, was it the, it was um, the not the Mueller probe, but it was uh, Russia trying to sow discord. But this dude just like rails on me on Facebook. I should I should bring it up for you. I should tell you exactly what, because it, I, one of the things I pride myself on doing these weekly videos is like it's they're factually correct. I do a little bit of research. I do a little bit of homework. 
So I'm talking about the Russians spent uh, a little over 100 grand on Facebook. They wanted to sow discord. Most of the money was spent after the election. They had an anti-Trump thing. They had a pro-Trump thing after the election. And that's not me talking. That's the, like the, the VP in Facebook. That's where I got that information. And so, dude, just rails on me. This is the stupidest thing. And he goes off on like, like a completely other tangent. Uh, and so, like, I have to, I have to make a choice. I'm like, am I gonna go after this guy? Am I gonna, you know, it, I don't want to do it. To me, it's boring. To me, it's so boring. I'm begging you, watch, start watching the Sunday shows, and you will get so bored so fast. And you'll be like, this has nothing to do with actually solving problems. The, the vast majority of it has nothing to do with solving problems and everything to do with ratings. And I, I mean, like, like I said before, I'm in, I, I work in television. I'm in the entertainment business. I do stand up, the whole nine. And that should be, that is the big concerning thing. I remember a long time ago, and I thought it was kind of a douche move when he did it. But, uh, uh, Stewart, John Stewart from The Daily Show went on Crossfire. There used to be a show called Crossfire, Tucker Carlson and some other guy, and they would uh, they would just sit there and argue every week. Point, Crossfire. Why do the Democrats want to kill all the babies? Blah, blah, blah. Well, and then it was just it was just people arguing, and it's like it was just an an exercise in BS. I guess the show did pretty well until God bless him. John Stewart went on there and goes, stop it. What are you guys doing? Stop. Seriously, just stop. And they go, oh, that's funny. Funny man, John Stewart. What do you mean, John Stewart? He's like, I mean it. Stop. Like, you're not helping. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. Okay, so I'm in the I'm in the business uh, of, of – actually, I want to try to get stuff done. I, I literally and, – and I think this needs to happen from time to time. So – that's why we have guns. That's why we have a Second Amendment. And it's not going as poorly as you think. It's going quite well. We live – these are the good old days, you guys. Uh, now, back on the flip side, uh, the television show, uh, I interviewed a dude. It's his life it, – it's literally like his life's work uh, to look at gun statistics and safety and all this other stuff. I think it would be enlightening if we heard from him. I talked to uh, Dana Lash as well. She uh, is, the, is now the spokesman for the NRA. She got just she just got railed on on that CNN uh, town hall. Just railed on the sheriff, the sheriff, whose own deputies totally pulled a Barney Fife on this thing. He, he kind of laid the blame squarely at her feet and the NRA's feet. And the dude knew. I guess they're finding out now. He knew before the CNN taping. He knew that his deputies kind of hung out outside. So, uh, what a what a douche maneuver that. Maybe he's got a job at Delta coming up. But anyway, let's check out. Here's here's John Lott and a little bit of Dave. Lott. The flip side with Michael Loftus is brought to you by Compact Fluorescent Light Bulbs. Sure, they cost a lot more than regular light bulbs. That's because they're filled with poison. Crazy. Crazy people. This, yeah, right? Where are you, Glenn Beck? 
I need you, Glenn Beck, to sit in that chair and talk to me. Come to Grapevine. Hear the masses. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to The Flip Side. I'm Michael Loftus. Now, uh, joining me out here in just a moment is the leading authority on guns and the go-to guy where it concerns protecting the Second Amendment. Please welcome to The Flip Side stage, author and founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center, Mr. John Lott. John! Hey, buddy. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks John, for have having a seat. Me. All right, uh, more guns, less crime. That is the title of your book, and kind of like an odd uh, thing to say. More guns, less crime. I, it sounds really counterintuitive. Well, just as you can deter criminals with higher arrest rates or higher conviction rates, the fact that would-be victims can make it risky for criminals to commit crime can also deter them from doing it. Aren't people mostly shot and killed by people they know? No. Probably one of the largest groups of people who know each other rival gang members. It's very common for one gang to know the members of another gang that's there, but that's... I don't think that's what most people are thinking about when they use that type of terminology. You always hear that. You, you always get pulled over by the police when you're like a half mile away from your house. You always hear that one. You right. always get shot by somebody you know. That's why I, I make everyone a stranger. Right. <laughs> when you talk about acquaintances, most people don't understand how the FBI defines acquaintances. If, if you're a cab driver and you pick up somebody and he gets in the back of your cab and then he kills you, that's classified as an acquaintance murder. Even if you'd never picked up the guy before, because there was a perceived financial relationship that they said that existed between the parties. If the criminal merely comes up to the side of the cab and kills you, then that would be classified as a stranger murder. That's insane. If you want to be worried about somebody, ask whether they have a violent criminal history. That's going to tell you a lot more about whether or not they're going to be, actually be a threat to you. So all these things about people being afraid of their spouse or what have you is really ridiculous and uncalled for and actually makes them lives more dangerous because if they don't own a gun in the home, then they're less able to go and defend themselves. The people who really would just, they want to outlaw guns, it's, it's almost like they, they take this like perverse joy when a crazy person, they go, see, this is what happens when you have guns, crazy people get them. Look, here's the simplest thing to look at, and that is every place in the world that's banned guns has seen an increase in murders and violent crime. Even island nations that have banned guns have seen huge increases in murders after the ban. So uh, I want to get, get to uh, conceal and carry. Right. And I always heard, like, man, once they did conceal and carry down in Florida, crime went down. Over 12 million Americans that have concealed carry permits now in the United States. And what you find is that each one percentage point increase in the share of the population that has concealed handgun permits is about a 2% drop in murder rates. That's pretty staggering because you'd kind of think that, like, uh, you know, if, if a guy has a gun, like any road rage incidents, like, okay, now he's not going to chuck a Slurpee. Right. He's going to start throwing lead around like James Bond. What you find is that permit holders tend to be extremely law-abiding by any measure. I mean, they lose their permits for any firearms violation at thousandths of one percentage point. Criminals aren't going to bother to go through the process to go and get a concealed handgun permit before they commit a crime. Yeah, I've always thought that was the big, the big problem with all of this. Like, do they expect the criminals to go and stand in line at City Hall and go, right. oh, no, I'm a, I'm a vice president of a gang, and I just want to make sure I'm okay with the law. Right. And well, this whole thing about bans on guns, too. I mean, everybody wants to try to keep criminals away from having guns. But the problem is, is that so often these, gun, these laws are more likely to make it 
costly and difficult. So you have licensing and registration fees in Maryland. It's like $300 to license and register a handgun. Poor, particularly poor minorities, the ones who are most likely to be victims of violent crime, they're the, the law-abiding people in those communities are the ones that you disarm, yeah. not the criminals. Yeah, okay, let's take another for instance, people always, they hold up like, uh, you know, like Great Britain as the, the bright shining right. example, you know, we're like, oh, even the police don't have weapons and blah, blah, blah. Before they had gun control laws in Britain, they had an even lower murder rate. When they banned handguns in uh, January 97, murder rates over the next eight years went up about 45%. Get out of town. Right. <laughs> Whether it was the 1920 law or the 1956 law or the 1997 law, after each of those, you saw increases in murders and increases in violent crime as they took guns away from law-abiding citizens. What you're saying they took away the guns, right? And 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 the violent crime went up 45 percent. Right. That is staggering. You are an interesting, interesting cat. It's like, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I love it when I feel smarter. And I feel smarter now. I gotta get the book, well, give me, Give me an extra half hour, I'll give you a lot more facts. <laughs> I wish we had it. Thanks for being on the show, John. I really appreciate it. Hey, stick around. There's more Flipside right after this. I'm not in my kitchen now, am I? That's right, it's Thanksgiving. I'm about to go on uh, the Tucker Carlson program with Brian Kilmeade, cause I'm a player. Hey, so, did I ever tell you guys about the time I met Dana Lash? Hmm, flashback, flashback. Hey, I'm right here well, with Dana Lash. Dana, thanks so much Thank for friend. being on the show. I wanna the get book. right into the book, yeah. Flyover Nation. Flyover Nation, you can't run a country you've never been to. And it looks at all of the issues that America's kind of grappling with right now. Loving and how it. the coasts look at it and how flyover country looks at it. Like one classic example is Walmart. Really? Walmart, like Flyover Nation people love Walmart because you can go in and you can get your tires changed and you can get your eyes checked and you can get a pound of hamburger. Yeah. And you can get a gun. You know, of course, I look at, uh, like, Second Amendment rights, and I look at family, and I look yeah. at culture, and I look at faith, all of that stuff through the perspective of flyover and compare it to how the coast, which include the Beltway uh, over on the East Coast, how they all look at it. Here's what amazes me. Uh, my little my little comedy show, like which, right? That's pretty awesome. I mean, that needs to exist in nature. That is, like, the coolest thing ever. I got to get you one of these. I love it. Uh, like, I, a few months ago, they tallied it up. Like, 23 million people had voted. Republican, like in the primaries, and 18 million had voted for Democrats. Now, out of the, the 18 million uh, Democrats, they have like seven different political comedy shows they can watch. I'm like the only guy in the mainstream media uh, doing this for our side. So we have to clone you, and I may make an exception on my anti-cloning stance for that. So yeah, we'll just clone I, cloning you. is 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 frightening. Okay, the book. Like I write, I I come from the situation comedy world. I can do that. I can I can write like 45 pages of funny. And that, that to me seems one of the most terrifying, like I would sit down like, how am I going to, how do I funny? I don't know how to do this. Like, how does this work? And you're so good at it. So I well, I, I want to get the book. I feel like I could get you, I could get you a, an old uh, anger management script. I could get... <laughs> 
right. Here's a signed by Charlie Sheen. <laughs> That's all I can do. Oh. So uh, this is fantastic. You're having a blast today. Yeah. I see you everywhere. It's fine. How long did that little uh, book take you? All the really personal stuff I wrote really quickly. This um, is a great the, question. But the stuff that I had to do research a lot on, yeah. just to kind of cover my backside with it. Uh, that I mean, all in all, it was it was maybe eight months. Wow. What's your favorite chapter? You can't unfriend family. Second chapter. All right. Yeah. Okay, you guys, you have to pick up a copy of the book. Uh, Amazon, or you can go to DanaRadio.com, but Amazon will ship it right to your house. And, you know, every time you don't buy this book, Bald Eagle dies, and they're endangered. So hurry up and order. <laughs> So that was John Lott and Dana Lash. That was them. They're people too, darn it. Here, I'll, I'll remind you guys. I do this on a uh, on a Sunday morning. It's my little CBS Sunday morning deal, and it's a it's a new format. I'm experimenting with it, and I'm digging it. I'll go back and I'll listen to this, and then I'll make up my mind. Okay, so uh, I found the the post, the the Facebook post. So I, I did my little thing about sowing discord in Russia and blah, 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 and they're trying to sow discord here. And a dude on Facebook, he writes, what an idiotic post, devoid of all facts. Russians spent millions trying to sway our election. You lost me, guy. You lost me. They spent millions trying to sway our election, hack the DNC and Podessa. Podesta got fished. Anyway, that's my little shout out to you. Okay, so here's the new, here's the new segment. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, it's called the Notebook. Now, in my life, you never know when something funny's going to happen, something interesting's going to happen. So, uh, so what I do is I have these little notebooks lying around, and I'll take them up. I'll do stand up tonight. I'll take a notebook up there. I'll have my little set list. Blah 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 blah. So here's here's the stuff that I was writing about this week. We're gonna we're gonna the last segment will be this. Um, bump it up. Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend uh, Bert Fleischer and a, a shout out to my buddy Owen Benjamin. They both filmed uh, specials this week. Bert Fleischer did one for Netflix. That's a very very big deal. He's a funny dude. If you get a chance, check that out. Owen Benjamin. Uh, another uh, buddy of mine, I think he's going to release his uh, by himself. I think he's got a little independent thing going on, so that's awesome. I want to uh, support those guys. So here's what happened this week. I have I have this down uh, something I want to I met Billy Joel. Now, my musical taste is a little uh, bonkers. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm all over the board. I haven't – I'm not the biggest Billy Joel fan in the planet. Like, I, you know, we didn't start the fire. Don't hear it again in my life. Like, back from when it was on the radio. <clears throat> so a friend of mine, a buddy of mine, big Billy Joel fan, he uh, takes me to, this happened to me when I was a kid. My brother took me to see uh, um, Bruce Springsteen, and I became an instant con. So uh, my buddy took me out to see Billy Joel. We, we managed to get backstage. We didn't sneak back there. We broke no laws. We were invited back. And so there's Billy. And I'm not starstruck because, honestly, it's just another dude at this point. 
So uh, there's not that many people back there. And I'm like, uh, hey, how's it going? I'm Michael. And he shakes my hand very generous. And I'm like, so I'm, I'm a comedian. I'm an entertainer. I want I figure we can talk about stuff a little bit. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, so when's the first time you play? Because this is Madison Square Garden in the middle of Manhattan. So uh, I'm like, so, hey, man, uh, when's the first time you, you played uh, Madison Square Garden? And Billy Joel goes, when I was 14. <laughs> I'm like, you played Madison Square Garden when you were 14? He goes, no, I, I played a gig when I was 14. And I'm like, I don't, I don't follow this. And he goes, it's another gig, man. It's another day at the office. He goes, what are you, you're stand-up? And I'm like, yeah, I do stand-up comedy. He goes, you know the drill then. I mean, as soon as you go out there and you start, uh, and like my whole idea of having, this is like, this is the nightmare. You have an idea of how the conversation's gonna go. And you are so on that track of this is gonna be a success to when it gets instantly derailed. I'm like, man, I'm talking to Billy Joel about playing Madison Square Garden. And he's like, it's no, it's just another day at the office. You know what I'm talking about. And you go out there and you tell a joke, it doesn't matter what stage you're on. And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, man, but you know, it's the garden. And I'm trying to do that crap. Yeah, but it's the garden. Like it's another gig, it's another gig. It's another day at the office. So uh, it was wonderful. I didn't completely uh, crap the bed. I actually managed to, we had a bit of a conversation. Uh, so that was fun. Then I go out to the show. This is why, this is why, uh, I don't watch, uh, VH1 behind the music. I don't watch biographies anymore. People I don't like, uh, because I went out and I'm sitting in the audience and the show was amazing. The show was completely amazing. And you forget how many great songs this dude is responsible for. Cause you go immediately to we and start the fire and you're like, Yep, boom, I'm done. I'm out, guy. I'm out. The show is amazing. Uh, yes, he did Piano Man, and it was awesome. And it was a garden, and it was sold out. It was like a big, his band is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal performer. And the songs were great. People were singing along. Madison Square Garden was a giant, really cool, intimate uh, like piano bar, and I mean that in every all every good sense of the word. I had a great time. So now I don't hate Billy Joel. I never hated Billy Joel. You know who I used to hate? I'll tell you guys this. I used to hate Def Leppard. A million years ago, I was a band. I was all about U2, the Ramones, the Clash, the Beatles, the Stones, all this stuff. And me and my buddies had a little band, and we played on the Ohio State campus, and blah, 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 blah. And I hated hair metal, <clears throat> just hated it. And to me, uh, you had Warrant and she's my like the, the worst. But but for some reason, Def Leppard was the epitome of that stuff. And I couldn't stand them. Then you watch the behind the music, and you find out, oh, they're just friends from this little town in England, and they were buddies, and they were dreaming the dream. And you're like, uh oh, I'm gonna start to like them. And then they got into the accident. Their drummer lost his arm, and you're like, "Oh, wait!" And it was like the height of their success, and the music company, the, the record company, wanted to fire the drummer, and they're like, "No, he's our buddy. We're gonna wait until we can figure something out before we continue." They probably lost millions, but now, you're like, okay, now I like Def Leppard. I don't listen to their music. I do. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna stop that way. 
I just, I can appreciate them as human beings for what they did, but like, don't ever expect, we're like, if we're ever like driving around guys, you're like, hey, Mike, check, don't, don't, don't start playing Def Leppard. You can play some Billy Joel. You can play some Beatles. Here's something fun. It's the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper. And this goes back, this is kind of the theme. This is kind of the theme. Uh, I'm glad the Beatles are still kind of popular. I've I've listened to my fair share. Of the, like I have listened to my fair share. Of, my taste is kind of weird now when, when it comes to the Beatles. Like Hey Bulldog, that's one you just you know Hey Bulldog. You never hear that on the radio. It's a great tune. I don't need to hear uh, It was hundreds of years ago. I don't need to hear that for a long time. I could probably go another ten years before I could, like legit jam out to that again. Anyway, fun to know facts. Uh, see. Music is divided. There's the Beatles did a couple wonderful things. I love this. I love this. I, this is awesome, you guys. I know it's a, it's really tangy, but I, I'm really digging it. So what people don't know is that they come um, well, not people, most people, I'll say. You've got music before the Beatles. Then you've got music before Sgt. Pepper's, like. Uh, most music you had swing music and, and jazz and all that that was great and, you know we had your crooners and all that junk but like uh rock and roll and rhythm and blues at the time was like three chord a three chord progression dunga dunga the stuff chuck berry was doing great stuff just like chuck berry holds up chuck berry holds the f up but it was all three chord progression then you get these uh, these dudes uh, from england liverpool whatever uh, they added a fourth chord and wacky bridges, and so it kind of had like, uh, like uh, like a swing band, like more of an orchestral. It had a bigger, crazy. It was mind blowing. You don't realize it. It's hard to like we're people of today's age. So so that was a, just a giant shift in pop music. So then they're insanely popular, and then they change it up again with Sgt. Pepper's, which sonically melodically everything it just it changed the game complete game changer the new york times had an interview with a, the music guy from new york times the new york times hated Sgt. peppers they banned it so whenever like i love it when people like then there was there was film critics out there who uh didn't like uh star wars the the first one that came out in 77 but the new york times uh i just i love it i love it and they talk to the guy, and he's like, I admit, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I didn't realize. And now, an excuse stuff. But hey, good for him. Hey, if the dude didn't like it, he didn't like it. So uh, I, I found that to be delish. And there was a great quote I got out of it. Uh, there was a, I saw a, a story about this restaurant in New York, and... Um, God bless these guys. These guys, the, the name of the restaurant is 11 Madison Park. And uh, this really, it's one of those real frou-frou, shishi restaurants where the they plate the food and it looks like art and all this stuff. It is the number one restaurant in the world. You know, they got that, that rating system for restaurant. The number one restaurant in the world, 11 Madison Park. So immediately this guy and his investor partner when they got the number one rating, they ripped the restaurant apart. They gutted the whole thing and started over, which is either the dumbest thing ever 
or the coolest? And I'm going to go with it's the coolest. A total ballsy move. A total ballsy move. You cannot rest on your laurels. This guy, he was quoting some artist, uh, and he said, I have to change to stay the same. And that, for whatever reason, really struck forward with me. I used to not like it. I don't, like, when bands do it, it kind of drives me crazy. Like I said, I'm a big, used to be a, a huge U2 fan. When you go back to, God, I love this. I love this format. U2, uh, back in the late 80s, they didn't know how to play their instruments. Like, literally, the guitar player, the Edge, didn't know how to play. He could pluck stuff. And if you put a bunch of distortion and a bunch of reverb on it, you get an interesting sound. So he wrapped himself up in that. I don't know how to play the guitar, but I'm going to wrap myself up in all this other sonic BS. And it became something cool. And it's wild. Like, and it's just, it, to me, it's interesting. The more the Edge learns how to play the guitar, the better he gets at playing the guitar, in my opinion, the worse he gets. Like he's becoming ordinary. However, I can see why you want to do that. The more I have to change to stay the same. That's uh, that's that's pretty cool. I really liked it. Okay, more stuff from the notebook. I love this. I have all these scribble scrabbles, and I never get to go through them. And I like, oh, I wanted to do that bit on stage, but I forgot, and I can just do it. Uh, now with, with, with you guys and, and this is just I, I I wrote this down if Al Sharpton gets a show I get a show <laughs> have you ever watched this you gotta see the Al Sharpton please you guys just do yourself a favor watch if seriously if I, if Al Sharpton gets a show we, we all get shows it's the worst. What? How? How? Like, seriously. The dude, it's the worst. He can't. He, he, and, and like, I'm sure he's a great preacher. And, and I'm sure he's very inspiring. You see him live. But I tell you what, I don't, I don't think that guy's selling a lot of books on things. Ah, that's great. That's hilarious. Oh, here's another hilarious one. Uh, uh, I wrote this down. I was watching uh, Morning Joe the other day. And I just thought this was hilarious. Joe Scarborough is talking to me. And uh, he's, he's, he's being very earnest. Being very earnest. And he's, as, as always, Joe is the, the gold medal, the high Olympic uh, grand high. It's the most earnest show I've ever seen in my life. And, he, and he's, he's, he's saying to the camera, he's looking out to America, and he's saying, uh, Donald Trump doesn't understand politics. Donald Trump doesn't understand politics. And I'm like, dude, neither do you. <laughs> no one. Like, every poll had Hillary crushing him. No one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. And just the audacity of Joe Scott, Donald Trump doesn't understand. But yeah, he, well, I tell you what, he misunderstood that shit all the way to the White House. <laughs> okay, I found that delight. Oh, and then, 
And then Joe Scarborough is also uh, tweeting. He wants companies to like uh, boycott the NRA. Can you do that, Joe? Are you allowed? Are you? Because now, uh, as a viewer, I'm like, wow. So the NRA should, if I was those guys, be like, well, boycott Morning Joe. Not like they're probably watching a whole bunch of it anyway. But now, the whole boycott thing's lousy, guys. Don't, don't fall for that crap. Okay. Um, another another uh, thing from the notebook. I have free boobs uh, for Indian women. This is a, this is not a clickbait. I looked this up. This is this is uh, real. There's a town in India where they want to help the poor. I guess they've given laptops for like really really poor. And now if you're a if you're a poor person, a poor lady, I guess I don't know if they would do it for dudes. You get free boobs. They're gonna give you this this business. This company is gonna be like, come and get your free boobies. Because like, just because you have poverty doesn't mean uh, you can't have a nice set of tacos and a greater self worth and all, all that stuff. So I don't know what the joke is there. Some of these are just ideas. Let's find it. Like you know what? How about we hold off on the boobs and you give me something to eat? Oh, <laughs> How about we open up a sizzler in this bitch and I, I don't have to buy a sports bra and I can eat some freaking food and not starve to death. But uh, I, now I kind of want to go to this, this town in India. There's just hotties running around with giant boobs and, and laptops and other stuff. Um, I guess that's callous. And yeah, I did the uh, Apu. I did the, the traditional Indian voice, which I guess now is offensive. Which, sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks ago, on this is the other thing I have in, in my notebook that I love, love. I love this whole notebooks uh, segment. <laughs> um, I want to publicly apologize to Orville Redenbacher and, and beg them to come back. I, I, I used to love Orville Redenbacher. They changed their recipe. They changed the bag. They did something, and they made their product worse. And so I, I left left Orp Redenbacher and I went pop secret. I made a bag of pop secret last night here in my little uh, Levittown abode and it was just not awful. When you get, you know when you get a piece of popcorn and, it, and it's supposed to be that just just big white and fluffy. That's what you want, big white and fluffy. And then, then every once in a while there's that like plasticky kind of kernel, you know, that little piece of the, the shell or whatever that's still on there. I swear to God, you guys, Every, this is pop secret, every single piece of popcorn had that shell on it. I'm picking at my popcorn like a monkey, trying to pick the little flecks of crappy shell off it. And I'm like, what the, seriously, what, what has happened? So I throw that bag away. I make another bag of pop secret. Here's, here's the, the secret, pop secret. It's crap. It's garbage. So please come back, Orville Benbach. You know, you can do your organic no no red dye number you can do that you can still have that charge more for that but please go back to the regular this isn't in the notebook i just want to celebrate it because this is that i like mcdonald's has brought back the mac jr if you haven't had a mac jr yet try it it's phenomenal i don't this is this is so much fun this is okay the, the Mac, 
Mac Jr. is fantastic. You know, here's why you don't get a Big Mac when you're driving around. It's just sloppy. It's just it goes everywhere. I know it looks great in the commercial, blah, blah, blah. But you never you can never drive around eating a Big Mac as that middle part slips out. And then you're like, man, that's a lot of bun. And what am I what am I doing? And then there's self-loathing and the Mac Jr. It's the it's the ratio is perfect. I'm going totally uh, drivers, dines in, di- diners, drives in and dives. Here's the thing with Mac Jr. You got the one uh, patty, you got cheese, you got all the flavors of the Big Mac, but it stays in your freaking hand and you can actually eat it. Here's the deal. It's limited time only. And I'm like, you don't have the, the you don't have the ingredients back there. Like, why would you end it? I would end the Mac Jr. We can't. We don't have. You don't have a freaking hamburger back there. Oh, and here's another one. I guess they're taking the cheeseburgers out of the Happy Meal. Donald's, you're messing up. You're messing up. Don't take the cheeseburger out of the Happy Meal. We're gonna we're gonna um, offer healthier options and healthier. No one is going to McDonald's for the salad. I want to smack you upside the head. We're going for the fries, going for the shakes, we're going for the cheeseburgers. No one's ever driving around. I could really use a walnut salad. Let's go to McDonald's. Dance with the girl that brought you. Whew, this is so fun. Okay, uh, we, we did Billy Joel. I have to change to stay the same. Uh, 11 Madison, oh, Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters, good Lord. This, impeach 45. Impeach 45. She just compared, and then you can look this up. The clip is out there. She just compared, uh, and this is hilarious too. Donald Trump and Kim Jong-um. I swear that's what she says. Kim Jong-um. Kim Jong-um. First of all, you're comparing leader of the free world to a brutal dictator who enslaves his own people and blah, 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 blah. But, like, at least get the name right. Impeach 45. He's just like Kim Jong-un. Just like Kim Jong-un. She's got... Okay. Oh, and here's a scary one. Uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein from California. She's been uh, she's been a, a staple of California for, for ages. I guess she's not she's not uh, to the left. And, uh, she's messed up. The, the, the Democrats, and I don't know, I'm sure this has probably been done. I just find it interesting. They're not endorsing her. She's being challenged by uh, some other dude. Now, if this was a news program, I would know that dude's name. However, it's not. It's just me reading notes out of my notebook. They endorsed Dianne Feinstein. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, I'm just looking through. Oh, here's another little. This is, I'll probably do this on stage tonight. Uh, Ebola. Sounds so friendly. Doesn't that sound like a friendly virus? What do you got? Ebola. It just sounds like it's like a piece of jewelry. Ooh, what is that? Is that turquoise? No. Ebola. (laughs) It's just, I love it. Oh, and here's the other one. I'll I'll close with this. Oh, this might open up a whole other can of worms. I wrote this down. The opening of the Jetsons used to seem so absurd. Like when I was a kid watching the Jetsons, you know, meet George Jetson, da, 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 and then like the, the daughter Judy, and I think she just like takes some money and she leaves, and then Elroy P just takes money and leaves, and then 
wife's. He like gives. He's got money in one hand, and the wallet in the other hand, and she takes the she takes the wallet. It's just in like George Jetson is just left. Boy, I tell you what, when you get older, and you're the dude who's paying for everything, you're like, wow, that's like super sad. <laughs> It's so close to the truth. You're like, this thing that used to irritate me as a kid, you'd watch it and you'd be like, don't take that shit, George Jetson. Get her. Go get her. And you realize that, yeah, yeah. I can identify with George Jetson. Yeah, sure, his, his car folds up into a briefcase, but like that doesn't make up for it. That doesn't make up for any of it. You guys, this was so much fun. I might have to try to do this again. I like I like reading uh, the ideas out of the notebook. I like talking about the news. I like interviews. Um, Liberty Gypsy will be back. We we love we love our, our Liberty Gypsy, um, and we love you guys. Here is uh, just a little update uh, from the social media side of things. And I always go to you should follow Cheryl Atkinson. I would say this to anybody: find it's at Cheryl Atkinson on Twitter. Uh, she was tapped by the government. She was spied on, and she's a she's a good journalist. She's an old school journalist. She doesn't lean to the left. She doesn't lean to the right. She digs down on facts and she reports facts. We gotta celebrate people like this. There are. There was a weird day. Twitter, last week, it happened. To Cheryl, it happened to me. It happened to a lot of other people on Twitter. I woke up. And I lost almost a thousand people on Twitter. So now I'm going to say, okay, well, maybe those were not real accounts. Maybe those were fake accounts. Uh, maybe they were Russian bots or something. I don't know. However, uh, trying to increase the followers, get people back, uh, but it happened. Cheryl uh, documented a YouTube video that she had on that YouTube was rolling back the views. She's like, it was getting uh, like a couple hundred views per hour. It was at 170,000 views when she went to sleep. She has screenshots and stuff. She got 170,000 views. She goes to sleep. She wakes up and has 168,000. And more, and it has more likes. So she was like, writing to YouTube uh, via Twitter, like, hey, what's going on here? Hey, what's going on here? This is why it's it's important for you guys to uh, share the videos, to, 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 to broaden the base. There's There's been a little bit of wackiness going on with, uh, with our channel, but everything's cool. Not uh, Here's the other thing. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to like keep my shoulder to the wheel and, and keep plugging away. However, because it, it's it's not just BS where I'm like, seriously, uh, like share the videos. And you could go to iTunes and leave a review. It's all an algorithm. It's all uh, ones and zeros. And I appreciate your help. I know you've been doing it and I thank you for doing it. And you're, you're, you're an awesome crew of people. And uh, I know I didn't mention <clears throat> a lot of great feedback. Uh, from the from the poll last week, we had so much fun with renaming uh, Chelsea's Weed, uh, and we're going to continue to do that kind of stuff in the, in the future. This was kind of a new week for us. We're going to get back to that, uh, like the interaction. We're going to 
we're going to do a lot of stuff. It is. So it, it is coming. I know I keep saying, I think we're about a week away now uh, from, from our big announcement and one uh, things are happening. So I'm going to listen to this tomorrow and see what happens. But this is the whole thing. This is what excited me about this in the first place. This is what, like, I have to change to stay the same. And hopefully you guys can change with me. <laughs> All right. I'll see you next week. Bye.